Welcome to the Dad Bod Pod, episode two. Appropriately titled Bush Light, Malt Liquor, and My Disappointment. I think everyone was disappointed in episode two, but you know what? It's out. We did it. We talked with Zach Robbins, and we're just going to jump into it. So, <sighs> hit, him, hit him with a hard one. Here's a tough question for you, Zach. So, you we had a. I, I, you could probably tell in the last pod I was shocked by some news that our good friend Michael Benz has bailed. Mm. He's totally out. He says, hey, I figure, you know, I live in a different town. Maybe somebody who lives there would like to, you know, make friends with you guys. Join the community. Join the community, be a part of this thing, blah, blah, blah. He says all this, you know, sounds great. Reality is I miss the guy. Miss him too. Uh, But did that make you question? Like, obviously, that, uh, it almost feels like a finger point at you. Like, does. like, is Michael Banks this, like, my very existence. Is, is he this, like, is Michael this great guy that's so incredibly thoughtful and, like, Zach, oh, what is he? Like, I, how are you feeling about that right now? Yeah, I gotta be honest, uh, made me, made me question whether I should, uh, bail. Um, but I'll also be honest, I'm just too selfish. Um, I'm not as good a person as Michael. Um, I love this league. I love people in it, love playing it, love fantasy football, uh, and I would hate to give up the opportunity, so I will just make it a point. Uh, to be present in the community, like coming down for a podcast, sitting at Matt's kitchen table. Right here, um, in the flesh. And making sure that I'm here for the draft. And I can fly back for um, the five-minute stand-up that Caleb will be doing um, sometime in the fall, anywhere between October and December. <laughs> oh, incredible. Incredible. So, <laughs> Only on a Monday night. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, from my perspective, I'll continue to participate until basically I'm kicked out. Travis wants to do that, given that I no longer live in Charleston. Free to do so. You know, I haven't seen Travis do it before, but we'll see. Uh, I will say things have happened. I will say, Mr. Benz, uh, you know, he regrets it. I'm not sure he's totally on board with the decision he made. Did that make you feel a little bit better? And he was replaced really quickly. Yeah. Like, if that hadn't happened, you know, I don't think anybody wanted him to leave the league. Yeah, that's, like your, that's should, like your girlfriend breaking up with you and then immediately go, moving on to the next guy. Yeah. Know? So do you think... Uh, you know, I will say the next guy is a pretty great guy. Never met him. Yeah, and it's, not about, it's not about that guy. Like, very mm-hmm. excited to get to know that guy. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, should well, everyone else have... Should we have had a, a morning period? No, should, should, we, should we have told him that's not a good enough re- reason mm-hmm. we want you in the league? It's fought for him a little bit. That's true. That's the only reason Caleb's in the league. He said, I can't come up with a reason not to do this. Yeah, I, I didn't know that Michael was out until he was out. Otherwise, I, I do remember last year uh, doing some last-minute convincing to keep him in the league, specifically to Michael. Um, and, and it worked, but this, this season I didn't have the opportunity to do so. so. I'll have a morning period of my own. Yeah, well, well I, I, glad to hear that the decision has just kind of made you double down on your commitment to the league. Absolutely. Excited to have you. I'm all in. Here... In the league, here on the pod, glad to have that. But I mean, having said all that, I do think it's important to uh, to welcome Cody to the league. I mean, I think that we lucked out. I think, you know, if we were to look around and find a replacement, he's the man. So grateful to have him. Want to just give him a, a welcome from the pod. Can't wait to meet him and make fun of all those draft picks. It's going to be great. <laughs> a lot of people just wanted this to be a pre-draft episode mm-hmm. and when you think of the dad bods draft, your name is obviously the first name that comes to mind. You've you got you got a ton of love last week. You've you've hosted the draft. Twice. You've photographed the draft. 
as a, with my phone. As, as, a, <laughs> as a league historian, you've you've brought all the draft materials as far as boards and like stickers and things like that. I'm really OCD. You That's put really what it comes you to. put the most effort into it. Multiple Sounds, people said, "Hey, if I had to have someone else draft, you're our guy." Mm. Yeah, is is there a better compliment? It's I don't think so. Except that since I'm in the same league, I would trash their draft. Straight so, up. Well, All defenses. That there was there, <laughs> there there was an acknowledgement that the person would be drafting in good faith Got and it. putting their full skills yeah. forward. So from, from the competitive whether, whether aspect. Whether you're capable of that or not, we right. don't know, but yeah. it's, it was a theoretical question that Yeah, and I gotta and I gotta be honest, uh, being on the pre draft episode is a little bit nerve wracking for me. I think it'd be different if it were for another league, but uh, I got to be careful about the advice that I give yeah. or the secrets that I share um, because it will directly impact the competition in the league. But at the same time, I do believe that uh, good competition makes for a better league, more active participants and better community and more fun for everybody. So hopefully it will just increase the competition. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we can start with some things that don't require you to give away secrets and then we'll try to work those out of you secrets. later on. That should be a new and, segment. And that's right. We'll, I mean, we'll see what we can do there. But what I want to know is, what round does Travis take a kicker this year? Oh my gosh! Paid, think, out, paid off for him last year, right? I don't. I don't know. What <laughs> What round did he take a kicker last year? <laughs> you tell us. I just. I think uh, my me, first let year. Pull, let me pull up my draft results from I, every year and I, see where he yeah, pulled a kicker. I think my first year in the league, he took Stephen Gostowski in the fifth round. Yeah, so, you're a, kidding me. He had read a, a very long article, which one of my coworkers had read and shared with me as well in our uh, work league about Stephen Gostowski. And sure and behold, that year was the year that he had a downturn and started missing field goals. Um, so. I don't know if Travis followed that strategy um, after that first uh, fifth round draft pick of Steven Gostowski. It's also interesting it's, drafting someone that early when you know he's not going to be drafted for multiple rounds thereafter. Yeah. I completely understand it, but if you really want someone, you're willing to reach for him, then go for it. Yeah. However, having said that, uh, things could change drastically if uh, we move to an auction format, which I think would be really interesting. If we can ever find those, those damn naysayers. Yeah. <laughs> Of that which, be a new segment. Yeah. The, the damn naysayers. <laughs> of which I believe there's one that may or may not be out there. There's one that may or may not know that they're a naysayer. Right. That's the best it's, part. And with those results, do you think it was just kind of poor wording by the commissioner and the mm. options that he gave people that they could just be... Yeah, you know, trying to convey yeah. a mild preference for a keeper league, but the wording is "I will quit this league." You know, for if, someone if that's an academic, um, PhD um, professor, should um, be accustomed with multiple choice. I, tests. Yeah, I, w- I would expect them to to know how to design um, uh, questions and answer and survey responses. But um, it's true. Asking the right question is it's, it's think, a skill. Yeah, I think some some of those definitely had implications that people didn't realize. Um, on future of the league, um, you know, I don't know if an ideal format. You know, what is your ideal format? Uh, how much you know impact that had on the results? Um, I also don't know if people really knew what they were answering when they said no way. Um, I also don't know that. Um, I didn't think that people cared all that much, but based on the uh, different channels of communication we've seen from people and how outraged people are at the results, I think people are pretty passionate about um, the draft format, which. 
is an interesting thing to be passionate about. Well, I mean, I think it's pretty foundational to the to how the league turns out. You know, I don't know that it is. I think I think uh, the draft is one of my uh, favorite parts of fantasy because it's the most interactive. Right. It's where everything happens. It's uh, multiple hours of participation and involvement, and, and it's where the foundation is set for the season. But same time, you don't win fantasy at the draft. You can lose it at the draft. You can ask Caleb Absolutely. about that last year. Um, exhibit A. Exhibit A. There are multiple exhibits, but um, <laughs> but at the same time, you're not going to win it at the draft. It's the participation that goes on throughout the year that, that is going to help you win it. Plus, just the nature of fantasy and football injuries galore, you got to be on top of stuff. You draft somebody in the first round, and you know they can be suspended for beating people. Matt, look at you. Um, and, uh, and that could impact the rest of your season if you're not on top of stuff and on top of your strategy, then it doesn't matter how you draft. Well, I want to, speaking of all this, I want to jump to a anonymous reader question. Anonymous. Yep, that, that, that applies here. So, so the naysayer? Someone, actually, actually, this person voted that they were fine with trying Keeper League. Oh, okay. But they asked, what the hell is a Keeper League? Even after Travis's explanation, I could use a little more color if that's where we're going. Hmm. So, you've, you've done multiple of these leagues. You've seen both. I've never what, played in a Keeper thought? League. And that is, yeah, that is one of the reasons why I've, I, I will uh, reveal my votes. Um, I voted for a Keeper League and I voted for an auction league. I've never participated in either. I've played fantasy for over seven years in multiple leagues per year, but it has always been a snake draft, um, non-keeper. So I would love to try something new and different, especially for a league that seemingly everyone is very invested um, and knows each other. And I think that everybody's invested in kind of a long-term for it. I think one of the reasons why um, they're typically non-keepers. You just don't know the future of a league. I think we know the future of this league. Um, but my understanding, based on my research and uh, pouring over um, the fantasy lore, um, so to speak, um, yeah, the, the benefit is, is very similar to uh, real football in that um, you're making an investment in a pick and person um, for not just one year, but potentially for multiple years. Uh, and it certainly changes the way that the draft can go. You're more willing to reach for younger, more promising players, their draft capital goes up, the ability to invest in them goes up. Um, so uh, it also changes future drafts because you have the opportunity to, instead of uh, having a pick in the snake draft, um, the ability to keep a player for um, uh, your replacement of that round pick. Um, and uh, in some cases, so really it, it elevates trying to find that diamond in a rough, whether it is middle of the season on the waiver wire, gets people more active, um, or it affects, um, you know, reaching for sleepers and rookies and um, people that, that can finally have their chance to shine. So I think that's that's an interesting new component to make the draft fun. I mean, I think that um, I'm surprised here you say that you haven't done it before. That was a great explanation, I think. I think thanks for that explanation. Well, one thing that I think confuses people that we haven't talked about um, today or, or in the previous pod were how many keepers. So that's... That, that's a part of this. You know, sometimes there's leagues where you keep three keepers, sometimes mm. six. I, I assume there must be some where you just keep your whole squad. Um, but if you, if you draft all Green Bay Packers, why not keep them? <laughs> I mean, you're going to the ball in 1909. Just like last year. Just like last year. Yeah, that's going to be tough with Pat Mahomes winning MVP. But 
Second bold claim, oh. Packers, 19-0. Super bold predictions. Bold predictions. Matt's getting a tattoo next week stating that very fact. What is the punishment for making a bold prediction and uh, having it not pay off? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I don't think there's any. Is it two-minute stand-up? Is it uh, <laughs> stand five shots of tequila? Five shots of tequila is not a punishment. Mm, celebration. Not a punishment. Got it. You just don't like tequila, I guess. Mm. And that kind of um, segues into another question that we had. Just oh? about personal behavior, but do you think the draft night is the night that most people in the league get the most drunk? In their lives? In, or, or in during that, the in, fantasy in season? In that calendar year. In, in the calendar year. Mm. Is, is draft night when most of our participants have too much to drink? Uh, for replacement drafters, probably. For people that have nothing on the line, probably. For those that don't care about the season, Probably. Um, but I think everybody's a little bit on edge. Everybody knows that that's where, like I said, you can lose your season. There's a lot riding on it. Um, so I think everybody's mindful of that. Um, I think Seth certainly goes a little bit overboard, you know, towards the tail end when he's gotten all of his giants. And at that point, he knows it doesn't matter. Later rounds don't matter. Um, so I've enjoyed seeing that side of him, um, which is where some of the best pictures come from, (laughs) from our, uh, from our draft history. And in this draft in particular, it's a little bit different if we do end up shifting to the auction style, but mm. Seth's got a little bit of a dilemma depending on where mm. he ends up in the draft spot. You've got going to blow all his money. Saquon Barkley and OBJ, pretty much consensus top 12 picks. He can only grab one of them depending on where he falls in the draft. And might not a snake. Might not get either of them if, if it's a snake. If it's an auction, he can get both he, of them yeah, and he, then fill the rest of his team with kickers. Which... <laughs> I don't think I don't think I could fault him for that. I mean, that. when you got I mean, Saquon and OBJ, all, let if us see the kickers. Then someone's got to trade, right? Yeah. But whose strategy was that last year? What get four or five QBs? Who was it? Who did that? Mm, I think that might have been Travis. Could have been you. It wasn't. Definitely, it definitely wasn't. No. Me. I feel like you held on to like three or four QBs one season. I think I had Rodgers, and that's it. Maybe, sure. maybe it was pretty. Yeah, did a lot of great, a lot of good. You've gotten a lot smarter over the years on fantasy. I remember, <laughs> I remember the infancy of your fantasy days. I gave, I did give away some secrets there. I regret well, that now. Well, let's 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 talk about those secrets for just a second. So, so we've got some folks in this league, uh, who, well, maybe they could use a little bit of an education on some draft strategy. You're talking what? about yourself. Uh, 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 let's just we don't let's need just names. Say <laughs> We'll just leave this open ended. Hypothetically, at a, at a you know at a broad, high level view, when you show up on draft day, what things are you thinking about? Um, I mean, tip one: don't get emotional. Um, don't pick with your heart, which is I think a lesson that you've learned over the years. It's a hard lesson. Jordy, hard lesson. Jordy killed me. Last killed himself. Year. Injuries. We'll do it. Um, but yeah, uh, don't. Uh, I mean, certainly, I, I do think one another tip is I like watching football because of fantasy, um, and uh, I will probably be more apt to pick a player that I want to watch um, than a player that is no fun to watch. That's an, that's the reason why I've always picked Andy Woodhead um, in almost every draft that I've been in. Typically paid off, with the exception of last year. Last year, thanks to his injuries, I stashed him. He for was going to fall apart at some point. I was hoping he'd, he'd bounce did. back. I mean, he's, but an old, I love, he's an old man. Now. I love watching um, pass-catching running backs, so I'm more apt to draft pass-catching running backs. But that is, there's also a value in that fantasy, certainly, in a 0.5 PPR 
format. Um, so some other things that I'm thinking about, um, I think everybody can have a different strategy going into the draft, a positional strategy. So, you know, loading up on running backs early, thinking that, you know, those are the most valuable positions and where you get the most points from, um, or if it's higher on PPR format, drafting wide receivers early. Um, some people want to stud QB and not have to worry about that position. Some people want to stud kicker and draft them in the fifth round. Um, and uh, I think it was the ninth. I just I, <laughs> that is, is it was exaggerated a little bit, story. but it was early. Travis yeah. was definitely the first person rounds ahead yeah. of anyone Probably else to take, take, take kicker. And I I do I do a lot of mock drafting about this time to get ready. And most of it is like I don't I don't really keep up with news between Super Bowl and now. Um, and so I'm, I'm not following the draft, um, the real draft. I'm not following rookie stories. I'm not following trades as closely. So Mox helped me get back into who are the players. And just um, where generally, they, where what, are they gone? What value? Yeah, what value are people seeing? And the, the thing that I always find interesting and funny, every draft that I do, this, this league and others, is no matter how many mocks I do, it all goes out the window when you go into the draft and someone takes someone crazy in that first round and then everything else kind of falls apart. Um, or last year, um, there's a last minute trade of first round pick um, or draft positions. And I was betting on um, a certain someone taking um, a Green Bay Packer in the first round before me, knowing who would fall to me. That all changed last minute. So yeah. going in flexible, um, having great, a great ha- trade, love that. trade. <laughs> <laughs> having a flexible framework, uh, is huge because it's not going to go as planned. Um, so my general approach and strategy is, is straightforward. We just take the most valuable player at that spot, uh, whoever is, is left. Uh, and then I worry about positions later. Don't really worry about if it's running back, wide receiver. I think in general, people overvalue quarterbacks, defenses, um, and take them earlier. I'm fine with that because it gives me a more valuable player to take later on in the draft. You're jumping right into two, two big questions I have for you. Mm-hmm. One... Mock drafting. I'm curious how many people you think in our league are actually doing mock drafts and who they might be. And then also, who's actually going to ditch their draft strategy fastest? Who shows up on draft day and has a certain, okay, I'm going to do this, and is totally thrown off by what, what goes down? And You know, um, I would probably vote you on uh, <laughs> quickest to throw their draft strategy out the window. I agree with uh, that. You don't know, and I, that I think you a don't, lot of that. When you don't have a draft strategy, you can't be thrown off. Because mm. your strategy is no strategy. Yeah, I think that's he. Very, that's very that's cool. I think he comes in with a strategy that he's not confident in, and then, yeah. like you said, there's a twist, and he's yeah. like, "No, nope, doing something totally I'm, different. I'm just winging it. Drafting all. I'm going somewhere else. Go pack go. Um, yeah. To answer your other question, who, who in the league do I think? Who's running mocks? Who's running mocks? Oh, I know I am. Um, probably run about three to five a day in the in the prime prime time, leading up to the draft week before. Oh, wait, you're kidding? No, I'm not kidding. That is extensive mock not drafting. Kidding. This is like my. Wait, wait, wait. Like, so how many total mock drafts? This is like my bedtime research. Um, how many Bed- mock drafts total? Bedtime research. How many people are doing bedtime research in our league? How many mock drafts do I do before about anything? Drafting? Yeah, bedtime research. St- estimate, he's, uh, he's all over the place right now. Just I'm estimating somewhere between 30 to 50. Mock 30 drafts. to 50 mocks. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. Again, I said drafting is, is so are these part with, of... Are these with real people on the internet? How does this work? Yes. Um, yeah, you can use different tools to do it, whether it's Yahoo or ESPN. Um, 
for Fantasy Football Calculator. It's the one that I use. Um, they have multiple formats. It's the quickest to get into. They have the most actual drafts that you can get into and typically the best representation of actual people. Most bots, um, when, a, uh, when a mock draft gets filled with too many bots, I'll just leave. And as will other people, and they'll hop into another one until it's pretty much all people. And it is really annoying, though, when you get in and someone like does their first round or their second round and then they hop. Like, that's not the value of a mock draft. Like, your first two rounds are pretty, or a lot more set than your, you know, rounds three through 15, uh, which is where the value is known, where players are typically falling into what rounds and what their average draft position is. So, now, do you not think it's more compelling to think through what are the people in our league going to do? than to have these mock drafts with people. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And, and that's where I, I am just, I'm itching for the draft format to be solidified <clears throat> because I can't start doing anything until I have that. Same. Um, can't, I can't do mock drafts for right. right. auction and do snake and be prepared going in for snake and all my draft prep is thrown out the window. Well, Same goes for draft position. I, I can't do, it's pointless to mock draft in the first spot if I'm going to be in the 12th spot or you know somewhere in between. Um, as well as what I thought, which is why I was a little thrown off when all of a sudden it seemed okay to, to trade draft positions last year. Um, I came in with a strategy and approach based on who I thought would pick in what rounds, knowing that uh, Seth would pick OBJ, knowing that you would pick Jordy Nelson. I had it set. I was like fifth or sixth. That, that so, position so switched. So I was, actually, I was actually one of the first probably to throw my draft strategy out the window, which was I was set on not picking Lamar Miller in the first round. Um, and I was only going to pick him in the second round, and I picked him six overall, and he destroyed my season. Um, and the big reason for that was wow. there's all this there's all this hype around Lamar Miller, and I was I was I was such a naysayer on um, Lamar Miller. I loved Lamar Miller. He was a Miller. damn naysayer. I was. Um, I was a huge Lamar Miller fan while he was a Dolphin. Uh, but the one piece of advice that I've been given um, and tip I would say is don't trust changed uh, situations. Um, so anytime a good player changes teams, don't assume that they will be as good given that change situation. They've got different line, different playmaking, different play callers. Everything's different. So you can't take a past result and extrapolate it on a future return when everything else around them changes except for that individual player. So, hey, if Dez goes to the Browns, is he going to be as good as he was with the Cowboys? Um, and so everybody was saying Lamar Miller – Change situation was actually the reason why people were excited. Um, was he wasn't given enough workload as a dolphin? He had proved that he was had a super high yards per carry, which is one of the stats people look at for running backs. But what the story didn't tell is maybe he can't handle a bigger workload. Maybe there's a reason why the dolphins didn't give him a bigger workload. And guess what? Um, Houston they gave him a bigger workload and he flubbed it. Yards per carry were terrible, didn't have a good line, didn't have good playmaking. And they were always behind. So instead of running the ball, they were chucking the ball down the field to people like Will Fuller um, versus the Dolphins were they had Ryan Tannehill. They didn't have someone that could chuck the ball down the field. So they decided to run the ball or they threw it to Lamar Miller and he ran for a lot of yards. Um, so he was a huge disappointment for me last year. And I, I threw that hesitance out the window and I was convinced by um, public opinion when I shouldn't have been. Uh, but a big part of that was things changing last minute, which in the draft, they always change last minute. Changing draft positions or people. Public opinion people will, will kill you, Zach. It will. It will kill you. I, will. I, let me tell you this though. I, I appreciate all those thoughts. Those are good thoughts, good feedback. But but the thing I really learned there is that when I show up on draft day, I'm gonna make a trade. Because you want to mess up everybody else's because strategy. Because I want to throw off everyone else's strategy. But since we've learned from that, and we know that that's what you do, 
better just you better we be, just don't, you better be prepped yeah. for any uh, well, and any and all anything. anything can no? happen. Takes, anything could happen, and it probably will. And that's and that's where the auction format could really get interesting, is because oh, in an auction format you have you have the everyone has the opportunity to get any player. And I think that you know you talked about emotional, uh, you know just just. Decisions being affected by your emotions. Your guy, you got your you guy. Kidding? You're like, gonna throw your money at him. Yeah, you, that is such a bigger problem in an auction league. Problem. That's an opportunity for everybody. Know, sure. Everyone else Depend, to exploit. Depending on how you, how you, you know, you handle it. Um, we gotta keep moving. We gotta. <laughs> we got a lot to get through. It's, uh, yeah, this I don't know what we have to get through. This conversation has sucked so far. I'm, so I'm cutting all of this. So we need better guests. Oh gosh. I'm out. Jamie and I were talking, wondering. Uh, He's rejecting we, this. We don't talk. We didn't. We didn't talk about any of this beforehand. What, what were we talking about? You don't talk at all. You're just lying to him. Uh, so you're starting this off with a lie, Zach. Matt. So we had a had a Major. reader question from from Trey, wanting to know who do you think the regular season winner will be? If you had to guess right now. Regular season winner, Travis is always major contender. Um, he's had the most consistent results. Looking back at, at the history of where he's ended up, getting into the playoffs last year, winning it all, um, and. Uh, I never, I never feel good about his team coming out of the draft. I was like, I, uh, but for some reason they end up working out, or he ends up working waiver wire or combination of trades, um, and just being really active um, and does well. Um, so uh, my money would also be on Jamie, um, not to pander to my hosts, but um, Jamie's always had a strong team. Um, and also strong performers in some really big games, really big results, um, which, which once you get to the playoffs, that's what you need. You just need big games. That's one of my downfalls. Is I can have a really great season, really high point tally, consistent team, but I, I generally am a risk-averse drafter and player, and so I'm looking for um, you know, low uh, or a high-low side. Um, so a team that's going to, I know is not going to put up a dud week opposed to a team that I know could blow up, but also could put up a dud week. So in the playoffs, you need, you need people who can put in big games. Um, like, like Ezekiel, like Le'Veon Bell, you know, 40 plus points. Todd um, Gurley. Like a Todd Gurley. Last season. Yeah. Huge. A lot of people that won Performer. won because of Todd Gurley. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say, I'd say be between my, my money would be between Jamie and, and Travis. How about most overrated owner? Most overrated owner. Hmm. You know, I, I could I could say uh, it depends on how you how you define rated. Overrated. <laughs> how does one rate an owner? Um, we should put up owner rankings on the dad. You know, I'd say the most underrated owner is is Stephen Luck, for sure. Um, Especially coming into coming into the league and, and, and looking at how he drafts, he just kind of doesn't doesn't really look like he has it all together. But I think there's a lot more a lot more going on there, um, as we've seen from his from his results, uh, they pay off. So I think everyone underestimates him. Uh, but he's a really good player. Um, most overrated owner. 
Um, you know, I, I uh, and, and this is essentially the opposite, but I, I would expect more of Sean. Um, he had a really bad year last year. Um, and uh, coming into the league, I knew that he ran a, a keeper league in Charlottesville and I saw him as a serious threat. Um, and, uh, and I didn't see that from him uh, coming out of the results last year um, and in the previous years. So uh, maybe that's, that's the opportunity for most improved player, but I could say that Sean might win the most overrated, most overrated ever. It's not a fun award to give out. <laughs> yeah. We put you on the spot. We're yeah. not afraid to ask. Tough questions oh, yeah. here. I appreciate I mean, it. I'm not. This part is about difficult questions. This is. Hey, maybe that's part of the advantage of not living in Charlottesville is I can drop that's, these that's, answers that's, and that's go true. back to DC. You're out of here. Doesn't affect his social life. Um, I know we've only got a couple more minutes. Yeah. Do you want to play the clip from Trav? Hey guys, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Just have two questions for you. First, what do you think is your 2018 breakout offensive? Question for me. Yeah. Is that a question for everybody? Yeah. I think it's for everybody. So it's it's definitely for everybody. Um, thanks to Travis Pico for the uh, for the listener question. Um, I'm going Nick Chubb. You can shake you can shake that all you want. I'm going Nick Chubb. I think that he's going to get the start over over both Duke and uh, Carlos. That guy Carlos, and um, I think he's going to be a star. I think that there's good things happening in Cleveland. I think that he's going to get a lot of opportunities. I think you see by you know fourth, fifth, sixth game, he's going to be their guy. Jamie, what do you think? Um, I'm not convinced he's going to get carries. I think Hyde's going to get the long mark. So I don't see Chubb. I think there's a couple other rookie running backs in pretty good situations that can break out. One is Darius Geis in Washington. I can see that that going well. Rashad Penny in Seattle is another one. Dude, my, so, man, my man Chris Carson's getting, the, getting that. That's, uh, yeah, and I mean, like, technically, Rob Kelly, Chris Thompson are still there in Washington as well. But um, I, I think I'd go with Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny. So as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I... And not yet into my mock drafting season, so honestly, couldn't tell you. Um, I, instead, I will pick a category um, or position. Um, I think that we will see another emergent um, rookie quarterback this year, for whatever reason. The past two years, um, two years ago, we saw Dak Prescott come in when Tony Romo got hurt to be one of the star performers at fantasy in the QB position, and uh, you know, for draft capital, think about picking somebody off the waiver wire who's going to be your, Q, your starting QB. Um, Saquon Barkley, you got to pick in the first round um, who's going to be the star performer. So there's a lot less hype around QB position and the potential for um, QB all-star. Last year was um, Sean Watson. Um, That's true. And he was well, huge for me. He was an amazing fantasy He was scoring me 30, 40-plus points a game, and I picked him up off the waiver wire to be my QB um, until, he, until he got hurt. So... Um, I would say that we will have a surprise emergent rookie quarterback this year. I don't know who it will be. Someone. 
rule change? Do you want to talk about proposed rule changes? Which which changes are you talking about? The one that Travis that asked about. Travis asked about. Um, <laughs> Just five seconds ago. On the, on the call. He called into the show and asked a you question. Do you remember pressing the play button on your phone remember, over there? I do remember pressing play. What, what did he ask again? The second part is listening to his words and responding to them. If, if, if you could suggest one rule change to the league, what would it be? I like this, the reverse host. Big of a yeah, position at some point. These are your dad, dad, dad bod pod. You're welcome to ask questions. You know, co-host. This is a very open conversation. James here. and Zach. Dad bod pod. So, um, I'm really intrigued by the by the the uh, the auction draft. I think that I think it would throw everybody off a little bit, and it'd be pretty fun, especially if Michael Benz comes down to be our auctioneer. Mm. I think that'd be really fun. Mm. Yelling, screaming, throwing hands up, you know, $5, $10, dollars would be awesome. Be, I mean, I just think that'd be fun. What if we hired a professional auctioneer? What do you think that would cost us? I think that'd be amazing. More than the cost of our draft board. <laughs> More than paper. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, as I've said earlier in the show, I'm, I'm a fan of the proposed changes already. Um, auction keeper. I, there's one actually that I was going to suggest to Travis, and I'll suggest it now. Um, instead of um, waiver position being set by your draft position and then resetting um, when you take, basically right. moving to the bottom of the list, right. um, I would suggest uh, having a FOB budget. Um, so, beginning of the year, you have a uh, 100 bucks, 200 bucks spent, essentially like an auction. And throughout the year, you can place your bids on players on the waiver wire. So, I mean, that's how it works in an auction league. Well, it can also work yeah, that way indistinctly. He's saying, doesn't, you don't have to change the draft yeah. format. Oh, really? I'm sorry. I'm in order to have in order to have a fab budget, I, I played um, played in a league last year that was a snake draft that had a fab budget for waiver wire. Um, and then, yeah, that way everyone has the opportunity at every player on the waiver wire, just no matter how much you want them, um, as opposed to some weird resetting waiver priority based on draft. Position and then people holding on to basically their first round pick and holding on to it throughout the season. You never know if you can use it. Right. Um, but kind of budgeting your year out based on your needs. I think that it just makes it more strategic and also makes the waiver wire a little bit more um, active because you don't have people just holding on to draft positions or waiver positions um, for later in the year. That would be my suggested rule change as a fab budget for the waiver wire. I like that a lot. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, I think for me... I'm, I don't know. I might look into dropping touchdowns for quarterbacks down to four points. Mm. I think with as much volatility as there is at the quarterback position, um, especially in our league, they're definitely a little bit higher of a value than they are in some other leagues that I've been in that have had that standard four point value for for the touchdown spot. So I might look into into that to kind of like even out a little bit of that variability you can see at the quarterback position. I would also, if we're really going to take this to the next level, um, and maybe we maybe we take baby steps and think about auction and keeper, things like fab budget or changing the point totals. Um, I'd be interested in playing IDP, um, having defensive players. And tra- I just don't track that side of the game. I think that would be interesting and fun to be more in football. It would require a lot more dedication. Uh, there's a lot less resources and tips and tricks out there for IDP leagues, uh, but I think that would be 
an interesting next step. Maybe that's a five year so down the road. For those listeners yeah. that aren't familiar with IDP, what this means, uh, which is probably everyone in our league, uh, can you explain a little bit? I've, I've done, I, I doubt that. I've, so yeah, I've, I give I've our done, league more credit. I've done IDP leagues. Well, tell us about it. So basically, IDPs are individual defensive players, and they have their own scoring systems for tackles, interceptions. Passes, defense, sacks, things like that. Fumble recoveries, obviously, and touchdowns. So it's just it's another position and position group that you get to choose players from that contribute to your overall point total. I don't think it's added as much of a fun wrinkle that I don't think we're missing out on anything by not including individual defensive players, but I've been in multiple leagues that have done it, and, you know, it's it's like anything else. You you just have an extra position that you know you're trying to find value at and find points to get you that win every week. Do you still have an overall defense on your team? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't replace anything. It's just another position. I can keep going. Cool. I'm listening. We're good. Yeah. I don't think we have anything else. Anything else you want you want to talk about? Hmm. I'm curious what you guys are most excited about this year. And, and what you see the future of this podcast being, it's being episode number two. Um, you know, episode one was kind of the pilot. I think we got a rousing ovation from 12 listeners, uh, which is 100% participation. It's huge. Um, so I'm curious. I mean, we have no idea guys, who those 12 listeners are. But Yeah, it could be just me 12 times. I don't know or if we mom. have. Could be your mom. I didn't tell her about this. So... <laughs> So pretty confident it's not her. But, but yeah, what is what is the future strategy of uh, envision for the dad bods pods? Yeah, so dad's, I think dad's bods pods. Dad, you can add s's to things. It's it's fun sometimes, especially on audio. I hope those will pop and hiss. Um, you know, I, we're taking it one day at a time. Uh, but I think that you know, as as this pod grows, we'll just. Uh, Keep getting better responses from listeners, better questions, um, better feedback, um, leading to some you know really fun podcasts. I think down the road, I think we've got some really funny folks in our in our league, and it's gonna be cool to get to chat with them, get to know them a little bit better. Some guys we don't know very well have them on the show. Really look forward to that. Yeah, and one of the early emails that I received from Travis when I joined the league. A couple, couple years ago, he talked a little bit about the founding vision of the league and just kind of what he saw for the league overall. And he said it was his hope that this league would not simply be about each of us sitting at home in our underwear or at work in our underwear, looking up stats and making roster changes to win money. It's a little bit about that, but not only about that. But really that his hope for the league was that it would foster discussion and friendship and create opportunities for dudes to connect throughout the season. So... I think this pod is one, just another step towards that vision. I think it's a huge tool towards that vision. Towards that vision Mm -hmm. of, like Matt said, connecting with people. Mm -hmm. I think as we get into the season, definitely want to hit more at that personal side and, like, actually get to know what's going on in people's lives. A lot of people have really interesting stories, whether it's in the past, things that are happening now. Um, a A lot of really interesting things that I think will create really interesting discussions and you know not everyone has the chance to grab a beer every week whether it's because of location or kids or things like that so 
providing this in a format where everybody gets to be a part of that conversation and listen in and feel more connected is kind of the overall vision of the podcast. And very practically, I think that this pod will lead to more football, more watching together, more hanging out on Sundays. More competitive league. And just, you know, hopefully uh, some stronger friendships or just meeting some of the other guys in the league that you don't know very well. I think that we haven't been great about getting together all that often. Um, There's just been some pockets of people here and there. So I'd love to see more of that, you know, catch more games. And I think that this pod will help with that. So to that point, I'll turn the first question that you asked me back around on YouTube. Um, I don't live in Charlottesville. I live in D.C. And I'm actually moving to Chattanooga, Tennessee, even further away. What do you think about the future participation of people that don't live in Charlottesville in this league? Um, and if there's a place for that or not? You know, to be honest, I'm not really sure what I think. Uh, I enjoy the way it can help you keep up with people who are out of town. I also understand Travis's, or sorry, Michael's point about, hey, it's, or I guess both are points that it's kind of about uh, camaraderie and some community and just a, a fun way to encourage that. I don't know. To me, it's both and. I'm not too worried about it. I don't know. I haven't given it a ton of thought, though. You know, it's interesting because when I was here, um, you know, the most camaraderie and community that happens is at the draft. And then sometimes we don't see see certain people in the league until we don't see them the rest of the season, even though they, they live in Charlottesville. Just people's lives are so busy. And so even when you are in the same location, I feel like fantasy remotely is that way to connect and stay invested involved in each other's lives, trash talk over some online chatter, even if you could easily go hang out with someone five minutes down the road and watch a game. Just hard to dedicate that time to it. So, and yeah, uh, selfishly, um, Charlottesville has a, has a, uh, a very near place in my heart and um, people in this league do as well. And so it'd be, I would fear a, a disconnecting from that uh, and losing touch with people and this is, and, and I personally see this league as a as an opportunity to stay connected. Maybe that's completely selfish. Um, and if it's the, the mission and vision of the league for it to be totally local in the future, then happy to bow out in the future. Maybe this is my swan song. <laughs> this could be Zach's goodbye. No, that that would get its own episode. <laughs> Zach, goodbye. Yeah, I mean, I well, I can only talk from like my slight personal preference, but I mean, I'd rather have a league where you know it's the same twelve people every year then like be yeah, like totally. no i want 12 owners within Turnover's 10 10 square miles yeah. like that's that that would be my preference i could definitely understand you know other people thinking differently but that's kind of where i'm at well zach it's been awesome to have you on the show thank you so much that it's, been, you, uh, it's been a real honor to be here i was honored to be asked to be on the show and, and mentioned in the last show um, and can't wait to see more of Dad Bod's pods in the future. Yeah, we'll definitely have to have you back um, some some point during the season. Love to. We're now available on eight different platforms. So, oh, tell them. So if you look us up, you're going to find us. Dad Bod Pod, Matt and Jamie. So easy to find. Tell, tell them some of the popular ones. I don't remember the names of any of them. iTunes. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. Wherever you find Whoa. podcasts, you can probably find us. Wow. So. Huge. Going global. <laughs> Going we, local. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't have to go. We, we already are. We're, we're there. We are. It's great. Uh, 
dog at. What's the sign off? You gotta have a sign off. We we pretty much just like kind of peter out and then okay. we, we bring in bring in the outro music. All right, and it's like, da, 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 so this is where we play the outro. And outro. Go falling a well. Homemade fresh baked burger rolls. So t-